Shaka. Shaka is Hebrew for Song of Solomon 5.1, drink. Shaka is the Hebrew word drink. Shakar is the Hebrew commandment be drunk. Song of Solomon 5.1 it is written Shaka Shakar. Because that's needed more than anything. Song of Solomon chapter 8 is the rhema word of God. Set your love like a seal on my heart. How many orphan Christians need the love of the Father as a seal on their heart? Oh my God, have you seen this mess? Religion's got them so orphaned, they don't even have love as a seal on their heart. If you're not operating in love, how are they going to know you're a Christian? They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> What's up with that person? They don't even have their bowels of compassion open. There's no evidence they're even a Christ one. A Christian. A Christ one. Holy Ghost. <laughs> Jesus. I've met the good, the bad, and the ugly, and some real, real sweethearts. Oh my goodness. It's been absolutely thrilling on the narrow path for 19 years. Walking this narrow path. No doubt about it. A righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. This is a narrow, narrow path, and every one of you has walked on it. So you know what I'm saying. It's so confusing. It's like the labyrinth with David Bowie. He's looking at his crystal ball, send, sending goblins at you every day. <laughs> Who can get through the labyrinth of the world system of Babylon the Great? Only Christ. This thing is on total lockdown in the heavens and the earth so that only a real Christian can overcome the world by total reliance on Christ in their belly. Birthing the divine child every day in the morning star rising in their heart and their day dawning is the overcoming of the world. They will sit with me on my throne and they will dash the nations to pieces like pottery and I will give them the morning star. It is written. And to everyone who overcomes, they're going to wear the conqueror's crown of life. Conquerors. Are you more than conquerors? Are you more than Napoleon? More than Genghis Khan? Are you more than conquerors? Are you greater than Napoleon? Are you greater than Genghis Khan? Oh, no, it's greater. No, we're not flesh people. We're spirit people. We're the royal race, born of God's own spirit, born again, born in Zion. They will say of these ones, they were born in Zion, the psalmist writes. We are born in Zion. We're the spirit people. <laughs> the apostle Peter so boldly tells you we're a royal priesthood and a holy race. It actually says race. It's a racial term. Oh my God, racism, racism, classism. No, Christianity. You're just demon-possessed. You're just coming out of the horror of Babylon where everything is taught upside down and exactly backwards to keep you so confused you'll never overcome the world. The Illuminati's motto is rule by confusion. It's a double-headed dragon of the city of Moscow and the city of London. Oh yeah. Woo! Hallelujah. 
That eye on your one dollar bill is the eye of the carnal mind. It thinks it sees. It's so certain that it sees, because it sees by natural light, but it is completely and totally blind. Jesus said about those who see by the natural eye, it was the blind leading the blind. Those who see by the natural eye are blind. Those who see by the Holy Spirit see. And who sees more than him who loves? <laughs> him who agapes. It really is a time of agape because there's no greater supernatural power, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, than agape. Agape comes from the bowels of compassion. Agape is not something a human being is capable of. Agape is supernatural. You cannot agape in the carnal mind. You could never volunteer in enough homeless shelters. You could never help the poor like Mother Teresa. You could never do a natural human good thing enough to ever have one drop of divine agape love. Agape is the very essence of the Heavenly Father. <laughs> agape is the Song of Solomon 5.1, drunken glory substance. Martyrdom glory, crucified with Christ, because of pouring out our bowels of compassion in the most misunderstood substance in the universe called agape divine love. It's sacrificial and the human nature cannot understand it. They're sealed in darkness. The human mind has zero possible chance of understanding agape. Only when they receive the sacrifice and enter the substance of agape can they even begin understanding the sacrificial love of agape love. It's divine love. So all human love is false. No, I'm not going to condemn it because I mean, it's better than killing someone. I mean, whatever, you know. But it's you don't need Jesus for that. You don't need Christ. Christ didn't need to die for that. There's no need for the Messiah to come and die for you, for you to be a good human. The Old Covenant was all about being a good human. There's so many good Jews. There's so many good humans that just do good stuff. Philanthropy. Look at the philanthropy of Bill Gates. And he tramples Christ underfoot. He has no need for the blood sacrifice whatsoever. Look at the Bilderberg Group. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at all those who outwardly appear good. A lot of people believe George Soros is a good person. A lot of people believe the rich are doing good with the vaccinations in Africa. A lot of people think that the billionaire class elite sorcerers of Babylon the Great are good people. I talk with bewitched millionaires all the time and even poor Democrats all the time. I live in a very democratic, ultra-liberal, progressive city of Minneapolis and I love them unconditionally. And it's a test every day because they always bite at you. But when you're agape love, you can have fellowship with anyone. And they feel that. That's the only thing I've ever found to work on a street level. Laying your life down and serving others more highly than yourself. Because if there's any self in there, they'll attack that hypocrisy. Because all humanity is a hypocrite. Only Christ alone is not a hypocrite. And you can actually lean your whole entire personality on Christ and share in his non-hypocrisy. 
and it won't even be you. You won't even take credit for it. You just you'll just hang out with the sinners and tax collectors like Christ and be like, oh, it's not me. It's just my Father. I'm right here with you. Jesus said about himself, why do you call me good? What? Why do you call the Messiah, the Son of the living God, good? He rebuked them for calling the Son of God good. And we're good by what we do? How backslidden are we? What the heck? Woo! God's dealing with pride. God's dealing with self-righteousness. He's dealing with the ugly human nature that thinks it's pretty with its makeup on and the Jezebelic externalism. The false appearance of good is what deceived Eve in, in the beginning. Oh, and the fruit was attractive and good in appearance in the Genesis story of man's fall. It appeared that the works of the flesh, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, was good. It appeared good. But after eating of it, they died spiritually. The glory cloud lifted out of their lives, and they were stuck in their natural abilities. And we've been slaves to the fallen angels ever since now, about 6,000 years. But this is the generation that overcomes death by the new covenant which is our spirit and blood covenant to God the Father so that grace can build up our spirit so we're not limited to our human flesh ability. So we don't trample His blood underfoot, but we actually embrace and drink the blood of the everlasting covenant, which is His blood, so that His divine nature is formed in us through supernatural metamorphosis, transfiguration by the renewal of the mind. And there's a removal of that old mind that thought it knew something good. And that's where you really get people weeping and gnashing their teeth at you every day. Because you've been trained in the knowledge of good in every building made by human hands, which is nothing less than a Freemason ritual that you've yet to understand. How can it be evil if they quote scripture continuously? A question, a good question I was asked today by a seeker. How can it be demonic? How can they be a false apostle if it's such sound doctrine and they're quoting scripture and it appears to be in context continuously because there's no oil and wine. The only temptation that Jesus experienced from Satan in the wilderness was the quotation of scripture. Read the Bible. That scripture he quoted didn't have oil on it and didn't have wine on it. All scripture that's breathed from your head that has no oil and wine on it is death. It comes from the religious devil. I believe there are 200 million religious demons on earth. That number is written in the book of Revelation. 200 million and every single one has the entire Bible memorized. And the greatest deception of all time is using scripture and the appearance and knowledge of good to bewitch the world in Jezebelic external human Christianity. It's called the Church of Earth. And I tell you the truth, the goat's head battering ram has already been released. Every church that you think is such a wonderful church, 
and I've had so much spiritual growth from that church, and they've done so many good things for the world, and they're a demonstration of the full gospel of power, and they raise the dead. There's miracles, signs, and wonders. I tell you the truth, it will fall. It will fall. We're moving into the kingdom age now, where there will be no buildings made by human hands. Okay? What does that mean? To the church of Los Angeles, to the church of Chicago, to the church of New York City. The heavenly bl blueprint of heavenly Jerusalem will disciple cities, and the apostles and prophets of the kingdom age will be the lords and kings of cities. In the book of Luke it says, those that are good stewards with their talents will be given one, two, or five cities. It is written in scripture. Amen? So that's actually what kingdom is. Kingdom is city-wide church, not little buildings made by human hands. And we've tried to bring our little building systems together, but it's been through the second heavens. It's been through the soul realm of the sands of time and through building of the Tower of Babel. And there has been a little success in it. They built the Tower of Babel. I mean, they were all coming together and, and all working of religion that has the appearance and knowledge of good of Satan's flesh in the garden. It always does stuff in the soul that deceives people to think it's God. And, and since the Tower of Babel to them is like the building of the kingdom because they're doing stuff that looks like God and they're Shandravakindri Andri all the way through babbling. What is this babbler saying? Oh, they're speaking in tongues. How dare you speak? Listen to me. Pentecostals, that's just one step along the narrow path. That's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I mean, Pentecostals, just because you speak in tongues, miracles, signs, and wonders, doesn't mean anything about your life is correct. Okay? It doesn't. Just because you have miracles, signs, and wonders and speak in tongues doesn't mean that you obey the Father at all. Jesus said about those who did miracles, signs, and wonders and healings and prophesied, He said it's possible that you're not even saved. Depart from me, you doer of your own thing, you builder of the Tower of Babel. I don't know you because my love is not set as a seal on your heart. You didn't move through the anointing. You had an external Jezebelic mindset of the kingdom of Babylon and not the kingdom of heaven external human activity of the soul is Babylonian. It's all witchcraft. It has the appearance of good. And that's why it's so deceptive. And even if a little glory bubbles up from your spirit, you notice that they'll always be like, well, make sure you give God the glory. And they go into their Masonic lodges every Sunday morning in the worst ritual of all time, and they give up their favor to the fallen angels in Sumerian ziggurats that they think are good. That's where good people go. The Lord was telling me today that those who go to bars are actually half as worldly as those who go to churches. Because rebellion as a human is only half as wicked as religion in the human nature. But if it's still human, it's demonic. It's as diabolical as it gets. And to be twice dead, having started in the spirit and then finished in the flesh, Galatians 3, 1 through 3, you're twice dead, which means you're over twice as wicked as the rebellious person you condemn in the nightclubs and in the bars. And a lot of the twice dead people are hypocrites and go out and get drunk and carouse and debauch anyway. 
because <laughs> you have no satisfaction in the Holy Spirit because you haven't built the kingdom on the solid rock. You're still Tower of Babel of the soul of shifting sands, of the soul realm. Amen. Some people need to be set free today. Be set free today by the spirit of revelation. Hallelujah. The goat's ram. It's a battering ram and it's a head of a goat. It's a and around trees. Heaven awaits the bride. The first chapter. I love that first chapter because it perfectly describes from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ the destruction of the false church of earth. Now this is the love of God speaking to you, so don't misunderstand for your lack of agape in the animal nature of your brain. Just receive the word and enter the word, you'll enter the kingdom. If you reject the word, you'll stay in the animal nature and get seven times worse. Don't harden your hearts towards the word. I tell you the truth, this is the love of God that heals you and saves you and delivers you from Satan and the appearance and knowledge of good. White magic, the worst wickedness in the universe that you're all coming out of as the Whore of Babylon, are religious. And me too. I mean, I went through the church. I was a member of the Whore of Babylon. John the Baptist was kicked out of the synagogue. He was a member of the Whore of Babylon. I mean, you go through all the same hell together down here, and you learn through suffering. You're made perfect through what you suffer. The ap apostolic and the prophetic went through all the suffering of Babylon the Great to become the kings and lords of the kingdom of heaven on earth of every city in the churches of the cities of the kingdom age. Amen. But who fights us the most? Those who are good in their own eyes. Those who are good by what they do and not by grace. And so there's tremendous love for these bewitched goats. There's tremendous love for these carnal Christians. There's no condemnation. Okay? A lot of people, since they're not in grace very much, when they hear the prophetic word, it condemns them. No, it condemns the goat in your skull because you're carnal, earthly, unspiritual, and demonic, and demonized and submitted to Jezebel. Your spirit, actually, if you receive it into your heart, starts to fly like an eagle. And you'll overcome your own flesh, which is your sinful nature. Daniel 7 speaks about a holy people who inherit the kingdom. Holiness is your spirit separated from your own flesh. And Christ is a life-giving spirit, the second Adam, that only works in your spirit. As it's written, if anyone's in Christ, they're one spirit with the Lord. The new covenant is the Father, who is a spirit, John 4.24, in blood covenant with your spirit, which is in your stomach. Putting a big G on your apron and erasing that little G as a slave of the fallen angels. Amen. Because you got the Almighty in your spirit now instead of Satan. Creation. <laughs> the creatures, the birds, the beasts, and the reptiles that have been in you in your human nature are out of you, and now the Creator is in your stomach. And you've opened your bowels of compassion to release the rivers of creative power that raise the dead. He's the firstborn from amongst the dead. How are you dead when you're buried in your own flesh called the dust of the earth? Trying to work in the dust of the earth as Christians? Not raised from the dead? How bewitched can you get and still breathe? They're breathing the air of sin. They're not breathing the Most High's air of Zion. 
They're not intoxicated on love, that's for sure. They're intoxicated on the blood of the saints, the whore of Babylon. They're intoxicated on the enslavement of Christians to works and to rituals. I tell you the truth, there is no greater Masonic ritual than Sunday morning church. Bam! <laughs> it's a Freemason ritual. It is. Star day. Sun day. And they go in there, practice externalism, and give up their favor to the fallen angels. Watch. You won't find one building made by human hands that's God inside minded in the whole world. 100% worldwide, it's externalism. It's God's out there in space somewhere. It's the worship of fallen angels by the bewitchment of the carnal mind and the appearance and knowledge of good. It's the greatest deception of all time. It's the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great and the sons of God manifest to destroy and drown it like the days of Noah in floods of glory, in floods of grace. All day today, focusing on releasing the throne of grace through my spiritual stomach, understanding the plumbing of the temple of the Lord God Almighty, the temple of the Holy Spirit, our bodies that are not built by human hands, but our bodies are built by the hand of God. You're created by the Holy Spirit. And to serve creation is the abomination of desolation. It's the blasphemy of Jesus. And it's forgivable. But you trample his blood underfoot because you don't understand the new covenant that now the Holy of Holies lives in your human spirit. <laughs> the Holy of Holies, the mercy seat, and the cherubim, and not just the gold ones of Solomon's temple, the real cherubim of the glory live inside your spirit, in your stomach, for those who believe. <laughs> and if you have your bowels of compassion open, all of that realm of the kingdom of heaven and its glory of the third heaven, wine and oil, will pour forth through your heart and mind like rivers. Like rivers of glory. Like rivers of resurrection power through everyone's spirit in the world. And that's the great floods. Those who repent from externalism and start practicing the new covenant of Christ in them and they don't yield to church, and they don't yield to Jezebel, and they don't yield to the religious demon temptations. That's all that's left to overcome once you're born again. Now you walk through the lab labyrinth of religion. I mean, you're more tempted after you're saved than before you're saved. I know every single one of you know that's true. You're not even a threat before you're saved. After you're saved, Satan throws every religious temptation he's got and sometimes rebellious. Whatever is a weakness for you in your armor, in your heart and mind, you know, your familiars, those sins that are familiar to you and your ancestral curses of alcoholism, poverty, a religion, or love of money, everyone's got them. And you just overcome the flesh by the Spirit of grace in covenant with your human spirit. And as you overcome your own temptations, your own sin, your own hypocrisy, your own pride, your own lust. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all angelic rule and principalities and powers and names that can be named. And you begin ruling and reigning over cities like the Freemasons have done for 500 years by sorcery. Now you do from the third heaven in righteousness. 
That's the transition of second heaven's Christianity into third heaven's reality of the kingdom age taking place right now by the teaching of the knowledge of the glory of God that's covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory is the tree of life. The knowledge of good and evil is the flesh. The knowledge of the glory is the development of your eternal spirit. And your spirit is created in the image of God, who is spirit. John 4, 24. Amen. And then your temple's glorified. And then he glorifies the temple of his dwelling place, your bodies, because you're living the divine Zoe life of the river of his spirit life, and you're not living and going after the flesh, but going after the spirit. And those who go after the spirit are at peace with God, but those who go after the flesh, even religiously, with all the good intentions of the brain and religion, go after death and are serving the angel Abaddon of the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is the stars of space. Because you can never do enough in the soul to satisfy Abaddon. You can never appease the religious devil. There's always more, 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 carrot on a stick, pie in the sky. But when you're spiritually minded and your brain is connected to your spirit and your brain is disconnected to your flesh, Christ is pleased with you just by believing, and you're saved by grace, not by works. By faith, and believing in greater is he who's in me than the religious devil that's in the stars, or the world, cosmos in Greek. Amen. So that the dragon's tail who swept one-third of the stars, even the 50 stars of your USA flag, has no power over your skulls. Because you are the children of the resurrection through your spiritual stomachs and you've overcome the second heavens of Freemasonry. And you've overcome the religious deception of the whole world. And you've overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony and not loving your lives even unto death in the name of Jesus Christ. We bless you guys. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen.